0: Lovely day for tennis,
1: eh? Game set and
0: match. This is Tennis Talk
1: Canada with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Well, welcome aboard to Tennis Talk Canada, Jim Taddy with you, Ken Cresina, alongside Director of Tennis at the Mayfair Clubs. And coming up in the broadcast today, of course, going to go over the Olympic tennis. And uh, Mike McIntyre from Tennis Canada. He's actually the host of at Mat- uh, Sorry, Matchpoint Canada. The Twitter account is at Matchpoint Cam and his Twitter account is at McIntyre Tennis. He'll be by in the next segment to go over the Olympics as well. We have Gavin Ziv on later on and he is uh, involved with the National Bank Open and we've got some things to talk about there. Ken, how are you this morning?
2: i'm doing great jim thanks uh it is a lovely day for tennis as long as you get out there and play some outdoor tennis before the rain hits because they're calling for rain later today but uh so much action going on in the world with the olympics and still some events on the atp and wta tour and of course our very own national bank open just two weeks away so exciting uh, exciting times in tennis for
1: sure okay so having audio problems going to throw the break and come back and correct everything this is tennis.canada tsn 1050.
0: You're listening to Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050. Here's Jim Taddey.
1: Welcome back to Tennis Talk Canada. Hopefully the new elastic band will keep us going. Jim Taddy, Ken Christina with you. Racket Guys is Canada's largest selection of tennis gear at the guaranteed lowest price. Shop online at racketguys.ca or visit their Markham Superstore for expert advice. Serve a drop shot in your retirement. Let the team at owlmortgage.ca show you how to ace your retirement with expert advice and a copy of Home Run, the Reverse Mortgage Advantage. For your free copy, call owlmortgage.ca at 416-633 three five three six three well we're back in business now so uh we've got the the olympic tennis tube to to deal with kenny and uh leila annie fernandez one in three sets to open it off so that's a great start
2: absolutely and a real tough draw for leila annie fernandez uh currently ranked number 72 in the world she had to play Yastremska, who's ranked 46 but has been as high as number 21 in the world she had some issues uh with being suspended for about six months uh, she appealed the suspension. She was able to come back, as they said, that it it was uh, faulty testing for some steroids. Uh, so a heck of a tough draw. And I, I have to be honest with you, as I looked online prior to the match, everybody that was talking about the match was picking Layla Annie to lose this match in either straight sets or in three sets. So I knew going in it was going to be a tough battle. Uh, but she prevailed 6-3, 3-6, 6-love. She played exceptionally well. She hasn't been playing the greatest tennis of late, uh, lacking a little bit of confidence and starting to kind of back away a little bit from the baseline. And as soon as she does that, she starts to give up too much court, too many angles, and starts to play very defensive. For her to be successful, for Layla Annie Fernandez to be successful, she has to stay tighter to the baseline, take away time and space from her opponents. And she did that in this match. And uh, totally impressed to see the youngster moving on in her first You know, Olympic uh, match for sure, but against a really quality opponent. So it's nice to see that, you know, she was clicking on all cylinders and everything seemed to be working. So that's nice. Her next match, not any easier. She's going to be taking on the Wimbledon champion and the number eight seed, Barbara uh, Krejcikova. So a tough matchup uh, for sure in the next round.
1: Uh, just as an overview, while you're watching that, I mean, I felt like I was watching the early stages of the U.S. Open from a year ago because of the no P- no fans and, and, and sort of the look of the court. It was kind of odd that way, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, it, it's tough for the players. It's tough for the athletes in all of these, uh, you know, a little bit easier maybe for our WTA and our ATP players because they've kind of been used to it. But I certainly feel for a lot of the Olympic athletes that train so hard for four years to be able to perform in front of large crowds and the... You know the 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 crowd's going crazy for the great things that they do and the and the super athletic accomplishments that they have so it is tough and and yeah watching the match with no fans kind of unusual camera angles um it, it is difficult it is a challenge but um you know the the great players find a way to do great things in those moments and leila annie fernandez found a way to do it um I'm just thrilled to see her playing back to the way that we've seen her play in the past and not really what we saw over the last kind of six, seven, eight weeks. So, um, yeah, but you're right, Jim. It is still strange times in many parts of the world. We seem to be getting back to a little bit more normalcy here in Canada, um, but there's still lots of parts of the world that are really struggling.
1: Unfortunately, women's doubles, uh, it ended early.
2: You're you're right. It did, and and uh, Fishman and Dabrowski should have done better. I'm I'm sure they're disappointed with this result. Um, they were seeded at, at the Olympics. They're both strong, strong doubles players. They've had some success before uh, playing as a, a doubles team back in 2013. Um, you know, not a match that they should have lost against the the Brazilians. Uh, they went down seven six seven three in the breaker six four. Um, I didn't get to see much of the match, but what I did see, um, they they played quite rusty and didn't really play up to the to the level that they're both accustomed to. I've talked before in the program about, I feel that Sharon Fishman uh, returning to the tour, I guess about two years ago now, she is by far one of the strongest doubles players on tour. And Gabby Dabrowski, of course, falls into that same category with the great result she had. So a disappointing uh, result from the two of them. And, uh, you know, there's still lots of great things to see and do around the Olympics, but for the two of them, it ended far too early, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just a big give on their part to go all that way and and all their hopes, and and it just ends so quickly, but uh, that's part of the routine. Uh, They'll have to to figure out a way to move on, and we know they're capable of that. So uh, coming up at some point, Felix against Andy Murray, right?
2: Yeah, what a tough draw for poor Felix, (laughs) seated number ninth at the Olympics. You know, it's usually Vashik Pospisil that gets the horrible draws in, in main events and in the Olympics and in Grand Slams. And without Vasek uh, making the trip with some sh- shoulder issues, poor Felix pulls out of the hat and he gets Andy Murray, a two-time Olympic gold medal, medal winner in 2012 and 2016. Yes, Andy Murray's currently ranked number 104 in the world, but he's a former number one. He's a Grand Slam champion. He's a two-time gold medal winner. So... Nothing's going to be easy. there's no chance for Felix to kind of get his feet wet. You know there's a lot of players in the draw ranked in the uh one hundred and fifties to two hundred and fifties right up to five hundred in the world because it is the Olympics. so it would have been nice to see Felix get a little bit of a uh, a luckier draw or a nicer draw but uh, he is one and zero against Andy Murray. He defeated him in the 2020 U.S. Open in the second round in straight sets, six two, six three, six four, on a similar surface to what they'll be playing on uh, in Tokyo. Um, but if there is a sign that maybe Andy Murray's game is turning around, him and his partner uh, were able to defeat the number two seeds at the Olympics in doubles just uh, yesterday or today, depending on the time how the time uh, frame works um but uh look for Felix to win this match but it's going to be a tough one Andy Murray has been training hard Uh, I've seen him some of his practice videos he's hitting the ball as good as I've seen him hit the ball before but if Felix serves well he should be able to prevail in this match but Jeepers certainly a tough tough first -round (laughs) round opponent uh at the Olympics for Felix
1: We'll return to this subject in a second. First, because of the technical glitch off the top, uh, things are a little um, out of order here. If you're over 55, you can access the wealth that is built up in your home with a reverse mortgage. Let owlmortgage.ca show you how with a free copy of Home Run, the Reverse Mortgage Advantage. Call owlmortgage.ca today for a free copy at 416 633 lend 416-633-5363. Four one six six three three five three six three. So uh, the way I look at the Felix situation is, I mean, these are, you know, he's on the way up, and and to be able to, you know, is, is as as difficult as it is to defeat Andy Murray, but be able to to be able to to find a solution to to beat him at the Olympics. What what a uh, and uh, I'm looking for the word. What a sort of um, a moment that pushes you forward. It's definitely a, a positive mark in his step forward, isn't it?
2: Absolutely, and you know, I think if you ask Felix. He would want matchups like this. You, you know, great players want to play and beat the best. So you've got that opportunity now, Felix. You've got an opportunity to beat a guy that's won the gold medal twice at the Olympic Games. So it's certainly going to be a tough challenge, but it's a challenge that his game is ready for. Um, you know, if there's a bit of a silver lining... It's nice that he's having this opportunity away from the uh, the trials of the ATP tour, where maybe it doesn't hurt him as badly if he loses. Uh, sure, it's still going to hurt because he's playing for Canada. He's playing in the Olympics. It only comes every four years, but for a lot of these ATP and WTA players, the Slams are still ranking ahead of the Olympics, kind of on their calendar, on their you know their wish list, so to speak. So. It's a great opportunity to play one of the great players of all time, one of the big four. Maybe he's not the big four right now, but he's certainly been in there with the likes of Djokovic and Federer and Nadal. So it is a great opportunity for Felix. Um, you know he took out Federer not long ago on the grass courts let's see if he can take down one of the greatest returners of all time maybe not playing at a hundred percent but he's certainly close to it from what I'm seeing from his practice matches or practice sessions so a great test for Felix certainly in the first round
1: coming up in a couple of minutes Mike McIntyre from Match point Canada will stop by and give us his thoughts um, you know it's it's interesting because uh, like all other sports uh, tennis has the compressed schedule and throwing the Olympics in it gets tight so you've got the Olympic tennis going on now and, and you know as the Olympics end we've got the National Bank open in Montreal and Toronto and you sent me the qualifying list so the qualifyings important too there's, there's a lot of people that are trying to play their way in here and sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle but, but we'll give some focus here to the National Bank open in Montreal and Toronto things are moving forward
2: absolutely thankfully the tournament is a go um, tickets have gone on sale we'll have Gavin Ziv on the show later on he can tell us a little bit more about that but fans will be allowed both in Montreal in, in and in Toronto and we didn't have that opportunity uh, just last year so it's going to be great to see the lineup in the qualifying is going to be exceptionally high level of tennis there are a lot of great players are looking to get in they're hopeful that the odd player will drop out as it stood just a couple of days ago, Nick Kyrgios was the number one seed in the qualifying for Toronto. Of course, a couple of players have pulled out due to injury and, and a few other um, obstacles in the way. So Nick Kyrgios will now be into the main draw. But, you know, those qualifiers, those players that are traveling the world, trying to qualify to get into big tournaments like the National Bank Open, you know, they can play some tennis as we've seen along the way. And it's, it's nice to see, um, you know, Uh, The great players having to qualify, but it's also nice to see if you ever get a chance to watch the qualifying in any of the tournaments around the world. There's still unbelievable tennis that's out there from players that are ranked, you know, 75 to 150 to 200 in the world, and we'll have that opportunity in Toronto.
1: This segment of Tennis Talk Canada is sponsored by the Fox Group at IG Private Wealth Management. It's important to get your financial planning in order, and I feel comfortable and confident recommending Don Fox and his team to you. The Fox Group provides a written plan specifically tailored for you, reflecting your goals and aspirations. It's reviewed regularly and adjusted or updated when needed. The planning process begins with you in mind. The Fox Group, inspiring clients to achieve true wealth. You can contact the Fox Group at their website, donfox.net, or follow on Twitter at foxgrouppwm. Let's bring in Mike McIntyre now. He's the host of Match Point Canada, the official podcast of Tennis Canada at McIntyre. Tennis at Match Point Can are the Twitter accounts. Mike, welcome. How are you today?
3: Hey, I'm doing great, Jim. Ken, great to be back on Talking Tennis with you guys again. Thanks
1: for having me. Our thrill to have you on. Uh, What did you make of Leila Annie Fernandez's win in the the opening of the uh, the Olympics last night?
3: That's another big step for her and her career development uh, for the youngster to have a moment like that. It's her first Olympic Games, obviously, and She was up against a big-time opponent in Diana Yuspenska from Ukraine, someone who was borderline top 20 in the world a year ago uh, before she missed some time with a uh, doping suspension that ended up being overturned. So she's just coming back to the the tournament uh, scene and probably shaking off some rust, which worked out well for Leila Annie. And uh, to get that win, to get that experience was fantastic. I spoke with the youngster just a couple weeks ago at Wimbledon, and she was so excited when she was named to the Canadian Olympic team and uh, and ready to go and and she's a player that could surprise in a in a tournament like this um a player that not many people have maybe played as many times because of her inexperience but someone who takes the game very very seriously and is is super focused so it was great to see her get that first win and we'll see if she can uh, keep it going here
2: uh, Mike, we were just talking as you uh, probably were on hold to join us about Felix and, you know, the tough draw that he has taking on Andy Murray. What do you think of Felix's chances as he steps onto the court, I believe at 10 o'clock tonight, uh, against uh, two-time gold medal winner Andy Murray?
3: Yeah, I see it as a fantastic opportunity for Felix, to be perfectly honest. And, and although Andy Murray is the two-time reigning gold medal uh, winner at the Olympics, both in 2016 2016, in rio in 2012 in london on his home turf i think now is the best time to play him and and no offense to andy murray he's one of the legends of the sport aside from those gold medals he's won three grand slams of course and he's you know just a great spokesperson for the game but i think right now he'll admit that he's not in his physical peak uh he's still struggling since coming back from having that hip surgery which is a major surgery for an athlete to have to go through and as we saw at wimbledon a few weeks ago against denis shapovalov Dennis really, you know, took him to uh, took him to task rather easily, I would say, and so hopefully Felix, who's younger, who's fit, um, although it is his first Olympic Games and he has to balance out his nerves. I think playing a guy like Andy Murray right now is probably the best first-round opponent uh, almost that you could face in a tournament like this, where there's a smaller draw and and there's tons of great players uh, throughout.
1: Mike, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm, I'm always curious about uh, facilities uh, in, in terms of the Olympics, um, you know, obviously busy on other subjects, but but in terms of, of the courts they're playing on, are these new existing and what's your take on what you've seen so far?
3: Yeah, i got to be honest, I'm not uh, really in tune with what the surface, uh, I mean, aside from it being a hard court, of course, I'm not sure if it's playing fast, if it's playing slower right now. Um, all I can say is it's kind of leveling the playing field that most of these players are coming in from grass at Wimbledon, or if anything, maybe they've had one hardcore tournament tournament to prepare, so I think in the Olympics, you could see some surprises because you know they've changed the time zone they're on a surface that they haven't been practicing on, and who knows how they've sort of cooked the uh, the concrete here in in Tokyo It's best of three on the men's side instead of best of five as it was at uh, at the slams recently, so uh, I think that lends itself to perhaps seeing a few more upsets. Um, but at the end of the day, these tennis players realize this is an opportunity that only comes along once every four years. It's not like the Slams where you get four cracks every year to, have to play in those majors. So, this is a super special tournament, and these uh, these men and women are going to be absolutely gunning for their best performance.
2: You know, I think, Mike, if you listen to some of the players on tour, they seem to think that the court surface has been slowing down a little bit over the years, which maybe helps, and maybe one of the reasons we see such a great defender is Djokovic doing so well. But, uh, You know, with the speed of the ball that the players are hitting at nowadays, I think a little bit slower hard court surface isn't such a bad thing for the game.
3: Well, it's definitely going to be a good thing for Djokovic, as you just mentioned, as he's on his path to try and complete the Golden Slam, which is all four majors in the calendar year and an Olympic gold medal. Steffi Graf is the only player that comes to my mind that's accomplished that back in 1988. And you know Novak is still focused on that. I mean, he could have opted to skip the Olympics as... Several others have done to prepare for the rest of their, you know, calendar season, regular calendar season. But he knows this is the, the last opportunity he'll have to do something special like this, and and he's so dialed in. So good for him to have slower courts. Um, I mean, slower courts help me when I'm out there. Ken, I don't know about you and Jim, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what we'll see what these guys can do on it.
2: Well, I saw him doing some stretches the other day, so I was pretty impressed with that. Uh, with Djokovic, with I think the Belgian. Um, uh, gymnastics team let's talk national bank open a little bit mike i know you've covered it for a number of years but i know you're also a fan of the game of tennis and you love to watch it obviously it's just around the corner two weeks away there will be some changes um you know there's people that are talking about those changes and 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 how it will affect the fan what are your thoughts on fans and and uh and the value they're going to have in the and and going to to watch the national bank open i'm assuming you're all in and you would buy a ticket and go would you
3: Absolutely. And and Ken, I've got to say first and foremost, as long as your voice is the one we're going to be hearing on centre court, I think fans are going to get their money's (laughs) worth right there, okay?
2: Uh, There you go. I appreciate
3: that. (laughs) In all seriousness, I mean, this is a home tournament not only for our Canadian players, but for our journalists too. And I get stoked every year when it comes around. I've covered grand Slams, I've covered tournaments all over the world. And this one holds a special place in my heart because, you know, you connect with the volunteers that you see year in and year out. Uh, You connect with tennis fans that you meet there um i've met all sorts of people through the the rogers cup now national bank open that have become friends and and people i correspond with throughout the year we've had them on matchpoint canada as as avid tennis fans just to talk to them as well so it's great to see that the tournaments in toronto and montreal are back on the map as you alluded to they are going to look a little bit different uh the one in toronto uh my home tournament that i can speak of uh only tickets on center court of course this year But you're going to see all the greatest players. You're going to see all the best players on there. And so the tennis talent is going to be top-notch, as you know. And, uh, you know, we're making strides in the right direction as we navigate the pandemic to have these tournaments back. It's huge, not just for tennis fans and the players, but, of course, for Tennis Canada and and tennis development in Canada, as we want our, our juniors and our youth to have those funds to be able to train and get better and compete on the world stage eventually.
1: Well, I'm glad you, you wrapped it up that way because that was my next uh, sort of point to make was, I mean, the ripple effect of having the National Bank open uh, alive and, and well and, and uh, you know, moving forward is, is that it, it filters right down through the whole system, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, and I don't work for Tennis Canada, just as a, you know, disclaimer, but they did have to lay off about 70% of their staff last year in the pandemic, and some of those staff are going to be coaches, uh, physiotherapists, trainers, who are there to support these athletes as they're growing and developing so there's a direct correlation between the tournament not being able to happen in 2020 and uh, and how that affects our nation as it continues to try and grow and continue to establish itself as a real world player on the tennis scene. i mean we're known as as hockey players a hockey nation we've got the raptors who won the nba championship recently but tennis is in its uh you know the infancy of its golden age right now i think we can all agree both on the men and women's side and so Beyond Milos and Genie, there was Dennis, Felix, Bianca. Well, there's going to be another wave, hopefully after them. And in order for that to happen, we need the funds to come in from this tournament. Mm,
2: I agree with you 100. percent I mean, look at Liam Draxo who was ranked number one in NCAA D1 tennis down in the states. So that we've got lots of great young Canadian talent coming along. Mike, the entire world, or the entire tennis world, and maybe even a lot of the world, has been talking about whether or not Djokovic can do the Golden Slam. Can he win the gold medal at the Olympics? and then can he go on and and do what i feel would be the toughest part for him is win the u.s open do you think are you in Djokovic's corner with the way he's been playing and and almost dismantling people with the, with the great defender that he is do you think he can do uh, the golden slam
3: it's it's hard to argue against it right now ken isn't it the way that he's been playing having the aussie open the french open and wimbledon already the three majors of 2021 on three different surfaces and in particular, at the French, it was so impressive because he was down by two sets in two of those matches and was able to still come through and, and do it. And, uh, you know, that's Nadal's turf, as we know so well, for, for him to get that one was incredible. Now that he's on hard courts, which is his bread and butter, um, you know, my kids call Roger the grass court king and, and Rafa the king of clay, and they call Djokovic the king of the hard courts, and they're not wrong the way he's played over the years. So... Now that we're coming into this stretch of the season, he's dialed in. He knows how close he is. He knows how special this is. And he realizes he can do something that Nadal and Federer have never done. And he's a competitive guy. At the end of the day, he wants to have those records. He wants to have those accomplishments. And so uh, while it is going to be extremely tough, of course, to, to pull both of those off, uh, I, I think if there's one guy that can do it, it's Novak Djokovic.
1: Mike, I mean, it's, it's marvelous to watch, isn't it? There's a guy who's achieved so much, and uh, while the others, slightly older, are, are faltering uh, due to injury and age and fatigue, I mean, you see this guy blossoming. I mean, it's, it's a tribute to what he's accomplished, isn't it?
3: Yeah, and what he's doing, I mean, he's no spring chicken either, right? I hit 40 last summer, and everything hurts when I get up in the morning and play mini six <laughs> with my kids in the basement. Here he is, 34, 35 years old, which would have been like a dinosaur, you know, 15, 20 years ago in tennis. And here he is playing the best tennis out of anyone on the men's tour. He's the, the world number one, has the most weeks ever of any player, male player at number one, and he's playing arguably the best tennis of his life. So I don't know what, what physiotherapist and what uh, special medicine he's taking. I want some of that stuff because he looks like he's getting better and better
2: um it's funny you mentioned mini sticks because i my father was just visiting and when i was younger we didn't have mini sticks so we used, we used to just use our hands and we used to get bleeding hands from the carpet burns in the basement so uh i'm glad mini sticks finally came along um yeah. you, we've talked about the men's side for the olympics how about on the women's side who do you see going deep maybe to the semi-finals you know who's who, who's going to bring home the gold on the women's side do you think
3: yeah the women's tour is always tougher to sort of peg because uh, it's just so deep, you know. On the men's side, we've got the big three who we talk about and have for the last fifteen years, and a few names that have popped up, of course, over the last year who are ready to take the, you know, the torch from them. But on the women's side, it's wide open. It's not like there's the Serena Williams there who's, you know, going to steamroll through the draw. Uh, she won in London in 2012 the gold medal. In 2016, we had a, a total surprise winner winner in, in Monica Pui from Puerto Rico who won the Olympic gold and then hasn't really been heard of much since then. So. Who knows, on the women's side, Ashley Barty is the number one seed and, and coming off her Wimbledon triumph, so you've got to consider her the favorite. But after that, I'd say there's a list of probably 10 to 15 women in there where it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were standing on top of the podium at the end of this tournament.
1: Mike, really appreciate your time. Thanks very much. Hey, thanks, guys. Talk to you again soon. Mike McIntyre, host of Matchpoint Canada, the official podcast of Tennis Canada, the Twitter account's at, McIntyre, tennis at match point Can. Coming up next, Gavin Zib will be talking about the National Bank Open. This segment of Tennis Talk Canada is sponsored by the Fox Group and IG Private Wealth Management. It's important to get your financial planning in order. And you know what? I'm totally sincere here. I feel comfortable and confident recommending Don Fox and his team to you. The Fox Group provides a written plan specifically tailored for you, reflecting your goals and aspirations. It's reviewed regularly and adjusted or updated when needed. Needed. The planning process begins with you in mind, the Fox Group, inspiring clients to achieve true wealth. You can contact the Fox Group on their website, donfox.net, or follow on Twitter at Fox Group PWM. This is Tennis Talk Canada, TSN 1050, TSN 1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps.
0: You're listening to Tennis Talk Canada on TSN 1050. Here's Jim Taddy.
1: Welcome back to Tennis Talk Canada. This segment is brought to you by Scogland Homes. Considering selling your home in the GTA, do not just rely on a strong market. Call Eric Scoglin and maximize your sale price with the Scoglin Homes comprehensive listing plan with luxurious staging, eye-catching video, marketing, drone photography, and a large database of qualified buyers looking for homes just like yours. Call 647-300-7019. Speak to Eric directly or check out scoglinthomes.com to make the right decision around your largest investment. Jim Taddy and Ken Christina with you, and they are going to bring in Gavin Ziv now. Gavin is the Senior VP of Professional Events, Managing Director, of the national bank open and also a board member for the wta and atp media gavin welcome how are you today
0: great jim doing really well yourself
1: good thank you and you know i mean we're all thrilled that the national bank open is back in both montreal and toronto quite an odyssey isn't it
0: uh you know what it's almost like a dream we didn't know if we would get to this place at this point but bringing world-class tennis back to toronto and montreal as well Uh, You know, it's just it's such a a win for all of our tennis fans and sports fans and and for tennis fans around the world.
2: Gavin, it's uh, I'm thrilled as well. As you know, we've talked several times over the last few months. Can you give us an idea of of how you got to the point where I believe we're now allowed to have fans and and kind of, uh, you know, how how we've uh, reached this and, and what fans can do about tickets and things like that?
0: You know, Ken, it was, it's was been quite a journey, as you know, and, um, you know, it, it's worked quite well, working very closely with, uh, local public health, with Ontario and Toronto public health for many, many months, uh, on the protocols. Um, and so, you know, we've had all these different plans in place, which, as you know, started off with even looking at options south of the border. Not ideal, but mm-hmm. looking at that, but then with the constant communication with government and with the staging plans being now in, in stage three, uh, we got to a point where we went from, you know, keeping the event in Canada, which was the number one goal, um, to a broadcast-only event. And now we've gone from, you know, thinking we would have about 1,000 fans to probably around 5,000 fans, um, which is pretty amazing. So yeah, so, yeah, so that's where we worked and just really what's, what's going on with the uh, reopening framework in Ontario. Um, so with that, you know, we're working on the plan for, for tickets for, you know, how this will work. And Monday at 10 a.m., we actually go um, to the public and uh, ready to start selling tickets which will be great news. Um, and so with that, you know, um, you know, you can go on nationalbankopen.com, um, you know, or if you have questions uh, about buying tickets, just email us at tickets at tenniscanada.com. And, uh, yeah, we'll have uh, lots of spaces for people, and we have a great health and safe program in place to make it a great experience for all of our fans
1: nationalbankopen.com okay well we'll repeat that throughout the the segment and and so i guess you know if you're if you're uh, you want to go to nationalbankopen.com and get the tickets the next question would be uh, what kind of protocols would you have to go through once you're on site what can you add to that
0: no it, it's a great point and we've been working closely with uh, local public health to make sure that those plans uh, meet the the criteria there so you know first with about the 5000 seats that will be available we've really constructed them in pods of two or four um, and that way, you always have at least two seats between, um, you know, each group that are on site. Um, everyone will have to, you know, go down aisles to get to their seats. They won't have to cross over each other because there's dedicated uh, aisles for each um, of those pods, which works quite well. Um, but yes, the, there will be mobile ticketing in place. So it's a bit more fan, fan friendly with regards to e-tickets uh, and the scanning process on site. And then when you're on site, you know, masks will be mandatory. Um, that is something we're working with public health on. Um, except of course, if you are eating or drinking at your seat, which is no problem. Um, and but moving around, the, you know, the, the space in the stadium, yes, you will need to wear a mask. Um, and then, you know, the food and beverage program we put in place, we've made it quite easy. Through our app, you can just download um, the app and order food and drink to your seats, so you can get away from those long lineups and gathering areas, which is exactly what the you know public health doesn't want um, at these events. But being outdoors is quite safe. Um, we have a great cleaning and disinfecting program in place for all the uh, the sessions. Um, but the one big one for us, unfortunately, is it's for the stadium only this time. Centre court is is where it will be. The outside grounds where you have the outside courts and the grandstand is all part of the bubble for where the players will be, which should be isolated from the general public.
2: So you, you bring up a good point there, Gavin, about a player bubble. You know, we've heard from some players on tour about how the bubble was for the australian open et cetera. what what's the player bubble going to be like for the players that are coming to town so that you know what the fans of the game can kind of understand what the players are uh are going through just to just to compete in different tournaments around the world what what happens here in toronto for the players
0: you're right ken it's 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 the traveling uh circus that is around the world that the tennis players go from city to city to different bubbles around the world with slightly different different conditions each time um, so for us we work very closely with the federal government and We have a plan in place where the athletes come into um, the country, go right to the hotel, do their PCR test, make sure that's negative, um, and then they enter into this bubble. So it's really only the one overnight day uh, at the hotel where they um, wait for the results of their test. Next day, they enter into this bubble, and really, it's a dedicated hotel, which is only for the players and their coaches, uh, and then the tennis center. Um, so that's the only places that they can go for their entire stay while they're in Toronto. Um, and then, as I mentioned, at the tennis center, the whole outside area there, um, you know, where our outside courts are in the practice area will be dedicated just for the players for practice, warm ups, their lounge space where they eat their food and play the out the matches on the outside courts. Of course, if they're in- playing the match in the stadium, that's when they will be lucky to have hopefully 5000 cheering uh, fans uh, waiting for them there.
1: Gavin, as you know, us media types like to minimize things, but I'm going to reverse that. I mean, what you've described over the last 10 minutes is, is very detailed and involved, and obviously you had five or six different scenarios, and, and at one point you, you, you were able to get the one you wanted. But, but I'm going to offer this to you now. I mean, you know, you've know, you done a lot of hard work here, but, but there's a lot of people you're working with. Can you acknowledge them? Can you thank them?
0: You know, it's pretty amazing. Our staff have worked tirelessly for a year and a half. Unfortunately, last year we didn't get to host the event. Um, So we've been working on plans, um, you know, every single day to see how we could do this event. Our number one goal is to make this event safe and and, uh, use all the health protocols in place to make it a great experience for all of our stakeholders. So then our staff, who work so tirelessly, have been working so closely with all three levels of government. It's been quite amazing. And so, you know, um, honestly, starting with the protocols with Ontario and Toronto Public Health, And then right up through to um, Sport Canada, who's done a great job with us as liaising with the federal government um, on all of our plans and protocols to bring, um, you know, the the athletes uh, and their coaches into the country. Um, You know, and then working, this is the first year of our new title sponsor, right? It's the National Bank Open presented by Rogers. And so National Bank has been tremendous in working with us and being so flexible and understanding about what it would take to try and operate this under any conditions. But really taking the risk along with us to try and prioritize bringing this event to Canada, which is what we did. And when we made that decision, we weren't guaranteed to run the event. Um, we could have done that in the U.S., but in Canada, it was, it was definitely a riskier option at the time, but it's proved to work out well. And we're, we're, you know, so happy to be able to, you know, show that showcase that event to fans around the world being Canadian made, which is really was our number one goal here.
2: Yeah, I love the fact that National Bank stepped up and is the new title sponsor, as I'm sure you guys are as well. Uh, you know, it's a tricky year, Gavin, with the Olympics, uh, you know, still the pandemic uh, raging at, at high levels in different parts of the world. Um, how are you with players that are, that are confirmed coming to, uh, to Toronto at this point? I know things might change, but uh, how are you looking for, for guys that have uh, signed on so far?
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point. You know, this is, it's been a busy summer. The Olympics is on right now, which, which is great for tennis as well. Um, so, you know, we're working with the tour, um, on, of course, all the players that will come here. Our tournament director, Carl Hale, is reaching out to the players and speaking to them individually to make sure we can take care of whatever they need in Canada while they're here. Um, and it looks really good. You know, we're going to have defending champion, uh, a Canadian, um, champion, Raph and Adele, back to defend his title, both from when he played in Montreal and Toronto the last two times. Right, And he actually went on to win the U.S. Open both those years. So happy to have him back. But, I mean, with the full onslaught of Canadian players now, having Dennis and Felix, Milos and Vashik, who's getting a main draw wild card as well, back in the mix is just amazing. So, you know, we're looking forward to having them back here. But then on top of that, you've got number two player in the world, Medvedev. Tsitsipas, who's done so well here in Toronto, he'll be back. Uh, Along with number five in the world, Zverev. Um, we did hear from Novak yesterday, unfortunately, he's not going to make the trip. He, of course, is so well at Wimbledon and now trying to get that gold medal and that elusive potential golden slam this year. Um, so he, he is, has withdrawn as of yesterday. Um, but hopefully everyone else is, is uh, healthy and uh, have them back at the event.
2: Well, that's fantastic. Now, I, I know... Um you know, you and I have been around the game for an awful long time. Uh, I will mention me a little longer because I'm more gray in the tooth. But <laughs> what, what have these young players meant to Tennis Canada, um, both pre-pandemic and during the pandemic? You know, Felix and Dennis and Milos, Bianca, Leila and, and, you know, Rebecca Marino, uh, what, what have you seen that they have done for the game of tennis in this country? you know ken it is it's quite
0: amazing you know over the last 20 or so odd years that you and i've worked together um we've seen the sport grow right and and the event itself you know rogers was a great title partner for 20 years growing this event with us i think canadian tennis and and really the the whole um fabric of the sport from coast to coast has increased so much right and why has that happened, right well it's a fantastic sport as we know it's doing really well during the pandemic times because it's great for social distancing um, but it's these athletes that have really increased the awareness and promotion of our sport, um, and that's amazing, right? So their success on the international stage has made a huge difference. It started with Milos and Jeannie, right, um, and Daniel Nestor before before them, um, and that was really the start of all of this. But what you're seeing right now with Dennis hitting number 10 in the world, you know, Felix is knocking on the door there as well. Milo's still around top 20 in the world, um, you know, and then you've got Bianca, of course, you know, won, you know, the Rogers Cup in twenty nineteen in, in Toronto, goes on to win the US Open and Indian Wells that year. Um, young Layla, you know, winning her first match at the Olympics, you know, she's gonna be a fantastic star. This is quite amazing. And it's great for tennis fans, but it's also great for the next generation of tennis players coming up and seeing these role models and hopefully develop a great pipeline of even more competitive tennis for many years to come.
2: I, I agree wholeheartedly. So you know, as we're, as we're introducing you, we mentioned that you're a board member for the WTA and the ATP Media. Can you give our listeners a sense of what's involved with that? Firstly, thank you for doing that and certainly supporting the game of tennis around the world. But what what kind of things happen uh, as a board member for those uh, two things? And also, do you get to do any traveling with that? Hopefully, the meetings aren't just in Toronto.
0: <laughs> no, no, these are these are very international, and uh, you know, it's it, it's a great honor. To have a Canadian being represented on, on those uh, different boards, and, uh, and we do feel like we have to get back to the sport in many ways, not just in Canada, but also internationally. So yeah, no, th- those boards are, are governance boards that really you know try and, and keep the, the sport growing and, and, and doing a great job. With the WTA, um, you know, I've been there for about three years on their board. Women's tennis is, is hitting a really great period. There's so many amazing stars there. The tennis is great. The product's amazing. Um, you know, and thanks to, you know, TSN, we get to watch uh, with WHA Tennis year-round on, on our, our broadcast in Canada. Um, so that's really good. I can say that during the pandemic, you go from having board meetings that are normally maybe once every two or three months to once or twice a week. That's actually how intensive it was during this pandemic period because, of course, the, the tour is changing so quickly around the world. In 2020, we were able to host about 60% of the events on the tour, which is quite good. And this year we're trying to do even better than that, get almost close to about ninety five percent of all the events. Uh so there's been a lot of work on, on that side. Uh and it's really then just to try and grow that sporting and, and keep it um, you know, doing so well. Um with ATP media, it's a bit different. That is the broadcast arm um and digital and broadcast arm of the ATP. Um so same thing. you watch get to watch those great master series events, the one thousands, five hundreds and two hundred fifties on T S N year round. That's the group that really brings that to you there. Uh, and does a great job with it, really best in the business, I think, on uh, producing tennis, uh, Show do a great job with telling the story there, uh, and looking to get even bigger moving forward, right? The, the tennis product around the world is selling so well, there's so much interest, and, uh, and so that's really good for us in Canada, but also just for
1: around the world. Gavin, really appreciate you stopping by. Thanks very much.
0: Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me, and uh, enjoy the day.
1: Yeah, we will and uh, you've made it better already so for tickets go to the national this this uh, uh website account nationalbankopen.com is where you can get tickets and of course events going on in montreal and toronto and gavin did a nice job of, of mapping out the protocols and and what everybody's been through so he's the senior vp of professional events managing director of the national bank open board member for wta and atp media well credentialed to say the very least looking to purchase a home in this busy gta market do not get overwhelmed but eric at scoglin homes guide you through the process eric's comprehensive buyer's plan takes the stress out of purchasing with great services including virtual showings access to exclusive listings from the top brokerages in the city and a complimentary design consult once you have found your dream home buyer's representation is very important in a hot market so call eric directly at six four seven three zero zero seven zero one nine or check out to get started this is tennis talk canada tsn 1050 tsn 1050.ca also available in the tsn and iheart radio apps
0: you're listening to tennis talk canada on tsn 1050 here's jim Taddy.
1: Welcome back. Did you know that a reverse mortgage can help you fund your retirement? Well, you do now. OwlMortgage.ca can help the homeowners over 55 find out how their home can work for them. Call OwlMortgage.ca for advice and a free copy of Home Run, the reverse mortgage advantage at 416-633-LEND, L-E-N-D, that's 5363, Jim Taddy, Ken Christina with you. Ken, I have to say I really enjoyed those two conversations we had this morning with our guests that were very informative and, and well thought out.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Mike McIntyre runs a great uh, podcast there with Matchpoint Canada, knows the game inside and out um, and certainly he's a fan of the game and that, that helps. And, and Gavin Ziv is the Senior Vice President of, of Tennis Canada. He's in charge of the um, National Bank Open. Um, he's also does some Davis Cup and, and, and uh, Billie Jean King Cup matches. So, you know, he, he I believe that he was a ball boy at the old Canadian Open when he was a youngster, so obviously a fan of the game as well. Um, And you know what? It's going to be nice to see live tennis back in Toronto and in Montreal this year. Yes, a little bit of a different look, but uh, live tennis will be back and an opportunity for fans to go out and cheer on not only our Canadian talent, but the likes of uh, Rafa Nadal uh, playing on our home courts here at uh, York University
1: just going to get this in so we don't get squeezed out by time. If you're 55 and retirement planning is on your horizon, you should read Home Run, the reverse mortgage advantage. It gives you advice that you will need to make sound decisions about your future. Call owlmortgage.ca to get your free copy today at 416 633 6-3, uh, you know, when Gavin was talking, it's funny you said the Canadian Open because I was thinking way back to the early days, and I'm talking, uh, you know, early 80s, uh, when you would simply go there to see everybody else from around the world, and now you're going to see that, but you're also going to see the great Canadian stars. Nice transition.
2: Yes, absolutely. You know, we, we, I used to go there as a youngster and watch the tennis, and you never, I mean, rarely saw a Canadian that would win a match the odd time they would they would you know I hate to say get lucky, but that 's really what it was. a Canadian would get lucky and win a win a match on home soil. Um, you know lots has changed since then. the site is new still at York University, but in a, in a new site. The sponsors are new, and they're and they 're pouring more and more money into the sport of tennis in this country. And more importantly, the players, the Canadian players, the depth that we have, you know, you, you look at Dennis now ranked number 10 in the world, Felix number 15 in the world, Leila, Annie Fernandez at 72, Bianca top 10 in the world. I mean, it it just and there, and there's more coming. I, I mentioned earlier with Liam Draxel being number one in NCAA D1 tennis. You know, Canada is on the map. And when you hear John McEnroe say, boy, I wish that Felix and Dennis were Americans because we don't have anything like that in the USA right now, we've done well.
1: Yeah, I've got about 30 seconds to do this. Uh, Tough week for Dennis.
2: Yeah, it wasn't a great match. I I tell you, whoever made the decision to leave, you know, to go from Wimbledon back to play clay court tennis... Uh, not, a, not a smart move, in my opinion. He should have gone straight to hard courts. It's a tough loss and one that's going to sting for a while, that's for sure.
1: Okay, well, uh, we actually you did that so fast that we've got 20 seconds now. So the week ahead, obviously tonight, uh, uh, looking forward to what Felix can do against Andy Murray.
2: Yeah, look for Felix to win. It's going to be a tough match. I mean, when do you get an opportunity to play a guy that's got two gold medals and singles? But I think Felix is going to win the first set close, maybe 7-5, seven, and then one break in the second, either 6-3 or 6-4. A great opportunity for Felix, but look for Felix to win in straight sets against Andy Murray.
1: Thanks for joining us on Tennis Talk Canada.